got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the war. And I've been shutting out the stars. Yeah. Cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah. And I'm ready for some more. Yeah. And I've been reading all the war. Welcome to this special audio edition of Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sales Show for Closers. My name is Kevin Hill. I'm your host today. I have a special guest here, and we are going to talk about freight recessions and sales strategies. In that, it's none other than Matt Perkins, the, the founder and CEO of B2B Logistics out in Knoxville, Tennessee now. How are you doing today, Matt? Fantastic, Kevin, hanging out here, north side of Freight Alley. I'm going to call it that from now on and uh, just hanging out moving some freight. Yeah, and you have a beautiful background. I know this is audio only, but I'm going to describe the background. Beautiful background over your shoulder. I believe that has to be the Tennessee River out there. That is the Tennessee River. So we are located in the heart of downtown Knoxville. And, um, you know, it's taken me uh, 23 years, but I've got my corner office. So behind me is the Tennessee River. Further down is the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, um, but I'm right at the southern tip of the main downtown district of Knoxville. Perfect. Perfect. So let, let's talk about it, Matt. Let, let's talk about the freight recession. And that's what's on everybody's minds right now. It's what Craig Fuller, our CEO here at Freightwaves, has been talking about for the last three or four weeks. It's what's driving all the traffic uh, through Freightwaves is a freight recession. A great debate on that. So Let's start off with your with your opinion about what's going on in the market right now. Yeah. Um, well, for starters, I think FreightWaves has been huge, uh, at least for me, too, in getting the education and the article so I can deliver to my team and just really help identify what's going on, some of the statistics and numbers going on with that. Um, you know, my opinion is that of FreightWaves. I mean, we're we hit a wall and the spot market has hit the wall hard. A lot of customers who do RFPs were forced to go to the spot market earlier this year because a lot of asset carriers and brokers priced the, priced the freight in such a volatile market. And then they couldn't handle those rates. It was just substantial losses if they did. So customers were on the spot market and brokers were soaking up those rates and everybody was happy. But then it just turned and it turned hard and fast. And there's so many reasons we could point to why, but it turned. And so now everyone's falling back on the contract market. Or from what I heard uh, last week, actually, with one of my technology providers, even the contract market's starting to fall apart because we are experiencing what happened a few years ago or uh, more than a few years ago. But the contract customers said, hey, wait a minute. The spot market has softened so much, it's even better than our contract rates. And now they're pulling back from the carriers. You know, this is so cyclical. It happened before where carriers couldn't honor their rates to the customers. And now the customers are now coming back and saying, hey, we're not going to honor that rate either because we can get it done cheaper. It's time to help the budget. You're exactly right about that. I was talking to Tony Mulvey, one of our, our senior research analysts over here at FreightWaves earlier today. We we're talking about the contract market. It's delayed by a, a couple of weeks, the numbers that we have, but it's falling apart. Yep. It's, it's falling apart right now. We'll see if that trend continues, but it, it shouldn't be a surprise that it's falling apart um, because the spot market has sunk. It just just as, as you said, 
you know that that spot freight ha- is now in the contract market again because of the the, the basically historic historic rise in contract pricing that that's soaked up a lot of freight now you have more carriers in the market more trucks in the market than freight in the spot market and the spot market has fallen apart and now carrier not carriers but shippers are starting to see the cycle turn and they're going to take advantage of the spot market either by putting freight into the spot market or very soon uh coming up and renegotiating rates again we did a uh we, I think it was 2019, we did a, a survey and a white paper based on how the spot market moves the contract market. And we found between 30 and 60 days, anything, if there's a 25% drop in the spot market, that most shippers, the majority of shippers, we're starting to come back in and renegotiate rates. So whether you're renegotiating rates or going to and going straight to the spot market is essentially the same thing. You're going to put a downward pressure on to contracted rates to, to catch up with the spot rates. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, you know, the one thing I have enjoyed seeing more because our customers are converting to this uh, when it comes to RFPs, where I feel that they're going to be loyal to the rates is that they're doing quarterly RFPs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of work. But I'd rather do quarterly RFPs and know that we're going to have that, you know, relationship than just have this back and forth like, okay, well, this happened here. So now I'm going to, you know, do unto others as others would do unto you kind of mentality. And it's, you know, again, it's so cyclical right now. It, it is. And I've been having this conversation the last couple of weeks as, as well with a number of different people is the technology to do RFPs have, has improved so much. I mean, we were talking about real time rates. We're talking about dynamic pricing. We're talking about the, the, the tech to, to easily go out and bid for three or six months. We're seeing the duration and the length of those contract rates compress, especially during uh, pandemic times. I think that might be sticky. You know, it's it's definitely going to be sticky when we see market turns like what we've seen over the last six, seven weeks now. It's going to help keep things stable, uh, nonetheless. And the technology is is huge. We've deployed a lot of that technology as well. And where we're able to take those Excel spreadsheets and we're just able to dump them into the machine, right? The machine kicks out some pricing. We look it over because not every piece of software is perfect. So we got to find those anomalies or else we're going to show up on a, you know, exception report for our customers, but we check everything out. We look it over. So no longer does it take weeks on end of countless hours. We dump it in, analyze the rates and we go from there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice and simple these days. It seems like let's talk about sales strategies now. Yep. We talked about a freight recession. If if we're going into a freight recession, if it's long lasting, let, let's let's just assume for this podcast it lasts throughout the the end of this year, right? Where we're not going to see a real bull market. We're going to see depressing demand. We could talk about inflation rates. We could talk about interest rates. We could talk about fuel prices. We could talk about the the shift back into a normal spending pattern between services and and goods. We could do all that. You can go to FreightWaves TV and, and, and catch us there talking about that all day long. Uh, but right here, it, it's I, I think it's good to, to be a realist and say, yes, we're going to a freight recession. This is how we're going to change our sales strategy. Because one of the things, one of the, the, the big things over the last two years is finding capacity has come with a high value. Yes. 
And in a down downturn market, a bear market, we'll say a bear freight market, finding capacity loses its value very quickly. And That's you have to shift your selling style. You have to be a realist, but you can't make excuses. And that's, that's often tough, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. Um, so you, when we're talking to customer sale, because I, you know, our model here is the buy-sell model, right? So we've got two sales going on, and every broker does in reality, whether it's cradle or grave. The customer side of the sale definitely has to change from what else are you going to offer? Because mm-hmm. I can offer a truck, no sweat. The broker down the street can. The broker upstairs can. It's all, we've all got the same truck to offer at this point. So now what's going to differentiate us? And I think just knowledge. Uh, it goes back to your your comment or your quote that I take quite often when I talk to my sales team is niches get riches. You still have, you know, sell your niche. Be that expert. Because even though everyone's going to call your customer with, I got trucks, I've got trucks, but do they truly know how to ship your widget? You know, and I do. So it's just shoring up those relationships with your current customers and really going outside and doing what I call the spiderweb sale thing. I talked about it uh, last time together, going out and talking to your customer suppliers and customers and getting them on board too, because you know how to handle their freight. You know how to handle the raw material because you've handled it already. And then just get the riches. And if you if you're not playing that game, you're playing the other game, which is the rat race, or we should say that the rate rakes. And yes. that is the race to the bottom. Because anyone can get trucks, anyone can lower their bids, lower their rates to, to capture business, and then you're not gonna make any money, and you're probably going to handle a lot more headaches. A yeah. lot more bad things will happen to you if you're playing the rate rates. So if you're playing the rate race down to the bottom, because the only thing you have a value is I can find a truck, which essentially will go down to zero value because everyone else has that, that same truck or has the ability to do that, then yeah, you do. You have to pick your niche. You have to be that expert. You have to, to, to focus in on that. And if you if you're a freight broker in the seat, that's what you have to do. If you own a freight brokerage, if you run one, if you're a CEO, you have to develop that spider web, that, yeah. that suite of services, right? That, that value add that, you know, essentially doesn't cost you that much, but it adds a lot of value to the person you're giving it to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when a customer wants to know about the technology and everything, you know, that comes along with that broker on the phone, those are the things that are going to sell that customer and want to work with you. And if you're, you know, what I commonly refer to as the basement broker, you, your, yeah, your cost of uh, operating is super low. But at the end of the day, you're going to price, you're going to affect the whole market by going super low. And do you even truly know what your pricing is? What is your genuine break even? I know mine. And we operate with that mentality. We can't always take those hits because at the end of the day, we can't offer all the other services that come along with it. You know, we can go to basement broker mentality, but that's that not why I've been doing this for 23 years. You know, I've been doing it because I'm a relationship broker, not where's my next load broker. And one of the, the, the adverse things that happen with that rate rates, right? That basement broker or that basement broker mentality is that you're hurting the carriers as well. You're, you're hurting the drivers, you're hurting the trucks, 
and you're not building relationships because well, what is this? This is a cyclical market. Nothing lasts forever. It doesn't last about that long. I mean, this last bull market uh, since, say, May or, or June of 2020 until now has been one of the longest yeah. of, of just intense competition in the market for, for trucks. Uh, if you go through this, if, you, if you're not building relationships still as we go through a freight recession with your carrier partners, then that next bull market that comes in, you're going to spend all your time creating that building relationships and you're going to miss the entire bull market, which happens. I, I see it happen to brokers all the time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's the other thing with the carrier sale is, you know, we, some, some of our freight, I mean, was on the spot market that it's inevitable, but a good amount of our freight is on the, what I call a contractual market where it's just dedicated relationship cares. And these carriers through the whole time, the only discussion we had with them was about fuel. And the owner of the trucking companies came to me and said, Hey Matt, you know, fuel's where it's at. I need to talk about the rate. And I said, I totally get it. And we looked at, we actually looked at the economies all too often. Fuel goes up, the rate goes up $400. But if you really did the economies, the, the fuel bill is like $50 to the truck with, you know, mild, mm -hmm. uh, MPG and everything. This carrier had a logical discussion with me and I said, great. Yes. In fact, we'll, we'll round up. We won't even round down. We'll round up and let's get you that extra money because you know what's going to happen. It's coming down. I'm not calling him saying, hey, we're getting pressure on the rate. Our rate never really fluctuated with the customer. So they're going to appreciate that loyalty. The carrier appreciates the loyalty. And that whole trade business is just going to keep going without a problem at all. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's the, this, the, the, the way to do it right there. Do you have any advice on when your customers come back, when we were talking about it in the contract and spot market, and you've been moving this lane for, for X for the last six months or the last three months or whatever you can get a truck for, uh, and they come back renegotiating down? So if we're talking about that specific spot of business, yeah, I mean, if, if you have a customer where you've been loyal on the rate and you haven't had to approach the spot market for the last you know six, eight months have that discussion, be willing to, you know, fight for your carrier just the same because the carriers need us brokers to fight for them just as the customers need us to fight for them as well. So you just need to know what ring you're jumping into to fight. And in this case, it's going to be fighting for the carrier because that carrier stayed loyal to you because you asked them to. So now it's time for the customer to stay loyal to and say, Hey, you know this rate is still fair. Someone's coming in right now because they're desperate to find freight. But when it turns, not if, when it turns, my carrier is still going to be here because they appreciate the loyalty. And it's it's just having that relationship shored up with your customer. That's going to be a really big testament to how strong your relationship is as well with your customer. So, so Matt, you're, you're talking about your relationship with current customers, right? Yeah. So go into a downturn. You know, we all know the cost of onboarding, you know, going out, finding, selling, going through the process, onboarding, generating trust with, with new customers, right? So, I mean, it's a very expensive proposition. So, you always want to, to keep your, your stable. So, uh, of, of loyal customers, right? You, your loyal customers. So, so what's the strategy with, um, with, with, with the conversations that, that you're going to have with your customers, and then we'll flip over and, and talk about kind of the, the mix between that and, and prospecting. 
So, okay. So with new customers, with prospecting, um, you know, I, I'd say the big thing is talk, you know, calling out the elephant in the room. Yes. Rates are low, but talking about your services, bragging about your services and how they're going to benefit them when it turns, you know, a fair amount of people you come across have lived through the different, you know, cycles of logistics. And as that result, they're going to remember various segments of life. Some of my customers I've had for a decade plus. So they were around for, you know, 2008, 2009. They saw what happened there. Polar vortexes. They saw what happened there. So talking to new customers who probably have had that experience, you know, resonate with them. Talk to them about that and just remind them that it, it comes back around. But just, again, talk about your services. Talk about the offerings. Talk about the technology, how maybe they can streamline, we can streamline the customer's operation as well. I think that's a. I think that is the strategy, right? And it's the toughest strategy too. Is to come in when the market downturns. It's not favorable to you, and come in and be the first one in the door, saying that the market's going to turn. It's turning right now. It's good news for you. Here's what we need to talk about now. Yeah. Instead of trying to ignore it and saying, "Well done, man. Let's let's wait off," or you know, uh, trying to BS. Trying, trying to BS the, the customer because shippers have the access to this, a lot of the same information you do and they're hearing it from other people and, and some one of your competitors right is yeah. going to come in and and tell the truth or, or tell give great information maybe not tell the truth but but give the best information out there and certainly you want to be the expert and the expert who's who's the expert the experts the first one in the door to tell you what the situation is on the ground good bad and different yep and I found that time and time again. I mean, when I was super young and a little naive in my broker days, it was always the, the competitor that was informing my customer that seemed to have that edge. And I, I learned that at a young age, thankfully. So I carry it with me today. And I love to do that now. You know, I don't want to necessarily preach to everybody, but I like to educate them and inform them. Okay, what's going on? This is what I'm seeing from these various sources. This is what I'm understanding. This is what my other customers are seeing too. So let's talk about this and let's, let's figure out a game plan. And a customer will always appreciate that way more than just some guy calling up saying, Hey, I can save you 10% when that's no longer a promise. No, they are. I've done a couple of shows uh, uh, kind of around this topic and, and things I talked about is that, you know, no one wants to be a salesperson. Everyone wants to be a consultant. And what you just described right there is the consultant that the consultant comes in and, and consults, right? They give bad news. They give good news. They, they tell you when you need to do something different, right? They, they are a consultant. Yeah. And if you can get to that 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 point in sales where you, you're thought of as a consultant, you're doing things good. Yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Um, just talking about the business amongst friends, amongst strangers, uh, becoming that guy or that girl. Um, it happened to me when everything went sideways in the ports of LA. I literally got a customer because they are the supplier to my friend's company. And he's like, you need to get me the, the boxes. Like, I need your product. I'm, I'm selling through it. And so she called me and literally told me, you know, she gets to sleep at night now because not only was I able to help her and consult with her about the process, I was able to execute on it as well. I mean, you're only as good as the execution at the end. So True. my team was able to execute. And she's like, holy cow, I'm so glad I found you. 
<laughs> it is all about execution at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. As, if you can't execute it, you can talk about it all day long. You just have to execute it. Um, you know, running a company, P2P logistics, how do you keep everyone motivated during a downturn? You know, it's keeping the eye on goals, coaching them. Uh, I have weekly sit-downs one-on-one with each customer sales rep. My, my primary role is more customer operations. My partner does more of the carrier operations. So I sit down weekly with my customer team and we set out numerous things. We talk about the numbers. We talk about trends. What, how do their numbers look? Uh, we only look at themselves. I don't compare them you know, to their you know, co-workers. It's how are they doing on their goal? Um, and I, I work with them on that. Um, we also set a weekly goal. I set, and they can set their goals personally or professionally. But I always want them to have a goal in mind so that seven days from now, when we talk again, they can get a win in their call, you know, so it helps keep the mindset up since the since the wall came, you know, literally like last week, pretty much, you know, it's just motivating them. Hey, let's get let's get this number. Let's get this metric across the finish line. Here's the here's the line. Here's the metric. Let's get it here. Just celebrating the small wins at this point and keeping everybody upbeat keeping them you know on task and with their goals in mind so on goals i mean how important what, what I, I guess my question is what metric do you think is maybe not the most important maybe three metrics or what, what's the one on your mind right now going into a market downturn so i would say it's starting to become load count. And I'll give you a reason why. So last week when we started really experiencing uh, the wall, I, I pointed out that if we can keep our load count high by you know prospecting, by just exploiting our, not exploiting as a negative term, but just mm-hmm. getting everything out of our current customer base that we can, um, our load count would equate to all of our other financial goals that we have. So that's, so I'm, I'm focusing on, you know, I look at load sales profits, obviously profits is what keeps a broker's lights on, but sales is a slightly sexier number uh, because Mm -hmm. it's always gonna be a bigger number. Right. So we kind of focus on that. Um, But then loads, loads plays a huge role because if you can get the load count high, then obviously the revenue per load is there to hit all the other metrics. Um, but honestly, right now, I kind of look at it from their personal sales goal. We did something different this year at BTB, and I asked each rep, carrier and customer sales, I asked them, what is their income goal? What do they want their W-2 to say this year? And they all gave me their number. And oddly enough, I had my own number in my head of what BTB should do. And my customer team, my carrier team, and my number all were really close to each other. Like, nice scary close um it's kind of by design uh i kind of had a feeling it's going to end up that way and it did um so now we just really focus on their income goal like hey what does this income do to you what does this do for your life you set this goal so let's hit it um so a combination of that goal plus their little weekly goals just helps keep them motivated and I, i've noticed uh, you know a positive trend in all of them they're not letting the, the news get them down. They're, they're, they're pushing through, they're figuring it out because they want that W-2 to match that number they gave me back in 2021. And, and that's a good point, the W-2, that the number is just a number, right? What, what you can do with that number is, is where you get excited, where you get motivated, where you want to go out and, and do that. Yeah. 
No, yeah. A- yeah, absolutely. How about prospecting? So let's talk a little bit about prospecting. It's always important. How important is it in a, a downturn? And what's a, a good strategy to to go out and prospect? You Without know, going I, into the rate rates, right? Yeah. And, and, and saying, oh, I got a truck. What I have found myself, and I'm going to give my example back to 2009 when I had to pretty much start over. Because uh, 2008, it hit. For me, it really took effect in 2009, transportation-wise. Um, I, I really think it goes back to the spider web sale, just using your network. Um, we, every broker should have a deep enough network where they can get more out of it. They're barely scratching the surface. You know, every shipper, every receiver they've been to, it's just building that relationship even better with them because you probably only call them to schedule a pickup or schedule a delivery. So why don't we see what else is going on? So I think that's the big push. Um, cold calling is a fact of life. It has to happen. Um, but I really like the warm calls, the, the the spider web sale, you know, where you're calling suppliers and customers of your customer. And, and I think the spider web sells, uh, especially when, when you're talking to receivers, you're talking to delivery points, maybe cons- or shippers, right, that aren't your customers, maybe the consignees. So there, there's these parts that you're talking to constantly. And ABC, without you don't have to, to close on every call. But act as if you're closing, right? You're developing a relationship, right? You're developing a relationship, making sure that truck is there on time, making yeah. sure everything goes well, making sure it's really customer service. Uh, you're trying to impress everybody that touches that transaction. And that's kind of part of ABC. You know, yeah. If you're doing that, when it was time to really close, when the opportunity comes up, and, and sometimes you can push the opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, you're closing that entire time by, by, by earning trust. And that's, you know, and I, I, great story I'll share real quick is that's, it happened to me. So in the 2009 recession, I, I actually lost a very large customer because that customer, I was contractually obligated to this customer, but their customer went shopping and they found somebody else and took my customer right out. And I went, I was just collateral damage. Mm-hmm. Well, I was chatting up a warehouse, treating the guy with just common decency, you know, just BSing with him. He was also a Chicago native, you know, I'm born and raised in Illinois and just, you know, talking to him one day next thing I know, I'm moving a ton of beer for a very large, you know, beer manufacturer Mm -hmm. because his warehouse warehoused it. And he's like, you know, you should start moving freight for us. And you know, deep down inside, he was, you could say the gatekeeper, you know, yeah. and a discussion about pizza, like led down the avenue. And next thing I know, I'm moving beer at just gobs of loads per day. And I, I, everything I lost in 2009, I gained and then some in 2010 and it was game over. And you know, that, that's another, it's a great story. Number one, right? Because you never know where opportunities come up is going to come up. So always be on the hunt, ABC, right? Always yep. be closing or acting as if everyone is a potential partner for you. But it also, uh, we haven't talked about it yet. There's going to be churn. Yeah. You know, if you're a freight broker in seat, you know, you go into a recession, a freight recession, there's going to be churn. And uh, is you, you should do everything you do to limit that churn or make it zero. But there's going to be churn. Yeah. Right. It's just nature of the business. And you just told a story about churn is 
not to get too down about it, not to, to let it get to you because if you're doing things, setting the foundations, being the expert, find your niche, you can go out and replace that churn much easier than if you're not doing it the right way. Yeah. Well, there's that and just get, get the negative thought out of your head. I mean, if your, if your churn was because you did something wrong, learn from it, obviously move on. If it's out of your control, like my example, you, you, I could have sat there and sulked about it and, and said, Oh, I lost all this money and the household income and everything in regards to that. I just, I just, you know, got up and said, okay, let's get back after it. What's next. And I still treated act as if, right. I acted as Mm -hmm. if I did not just lose a substantial customer to my income. And it just, I never let my, I let, never let that get me down to because it'll it'll come across on the phone call and people won't want to deal with you. If you always sound negative, like Eeyore. Mm -hmm. Or or unconfident or that that you don't know what you're talking about. It it always comes across and it's always negative. So you just have, especially things outside of your control, you can't worry about it too much. If it is within your control, you learn from it. And uh, I was talking to David Hoffeld, uh, the science behind selling, uh, at one of our our recent uh, events. I I think it was a 3PL event. And this is science-based. Flush, wait, reflect and flush. Then there's a whole scientific thing, and it's psychology reflect and flush, right? You reflect on your mistake and then you just flush it out. Don't think about it anymore. If you're thinking about that, you're not thinking about positive vibes. You're not thinking about going out and replacing that customer. You're consumed with losing, right? And if you're consumed, you can only think about one thing at once, right? You only have so much time in a day. So the more positive thoughts you have and, and moving forward than looking in the rear view mirror, Right, the more time you're spending looking out the windshield instead of the review mirror, it is going to correlate with your goals, your numbers, what you want to do. Um, and science backs that up too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, you know, it, you you dwell on it; it just every everything compounds from there. So, reflect and flush is a great concept. Just process it, learn from it, and you just got you got to move on because the next yeah. big thing is waiting. Yeah, it's wedding there for you, right? All you have to do is, is look out the, the, the windshield and, and go for it instead of, you know, consuming yourself with with mistakes. So, yeah, looking yeah. to rear your mirror too long, you're going to hit a tree. You are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely are. Well, Matt, thanks for your time today. Uh, any any parting thoughts you want to, to share with the audience? With the you know, I mean, the big thing I'll say is get – we will all get through this, right? Um, as an elder in the industry, I feel like I'm this old, decrepit guy at this point. You know, just shore up the relationships. I, I think all too often we get fascinated by the commission checks, by the money, and it's all, you know, put that aside for a second. Shore up the relationships. It, the long sale is far better than wondering where your next load is. And the sooner you get to that realization, the sooner. Good things will happen for a long, sustained period of time. And these recessions that we hit, uh, you know, we we're just talking before the show, the the freight, the freight industry sees double the recessions, right? This was in the Freight Waves article today. Yep, yep, yep. Double the recessions that the regular economy will see. So your friend that does not work inside the, you know, 
logistical space will not see these recessions that we live through. Just know that they're cyclical. I've lived through mm -hmm. numerous of them and I'm still, you know, on my top. So it's power through. Just power through. 2019 was was one of those freight recessions that certainly did not hit the, the broader economy, but there was a lot of capacity for the loads. There's still a lot of loads. I mean, we really didn't see load counts go down much at any of at all. It's just the capacity. Yeah. And it works itself out. And usually it's it's, you know, I hate to say this, a lot of times it's external shocks to the the economy or the, the transportation industry that are sometimes negative. Um you know, hurricanes or regulations or whatever it may be, but you just have to roll with it. Yeah, absolutely. You just learn, adapt, and keep on selling. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Matt. Um, how does our uh, listeners reach out and, and contact you directly? You know, uh, my personal email, uh, mperkins at shipbtb.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm getting a little bit more active on LinkedIn these days. Otherwise, ship btb.com there's uh the contact button actually still funnels right to my email so uh, nice. little, little secret there <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for your time again and uh you can catch this episode you're listening to it right now and matt was on the the tv episode a, a few weeks ago so you can uh google matt perkins kevin hill freight waves put that copy down and check out that episode as well No, you don't.